great to see you all this morning. Uh, it should be, be nice when we can see all of you, won't it, rather than just your eyes, because sometimes it's difficult to know whether you're smiling or just, just kind of baring your eyes into me. I'm not sure which, but it's great to see you all this morning. Um, you know, with several things this morning. Great, Nicola, well done. Thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, just encourage you all to get involved with that as much as you can. It's a great organisation. I know Sal has been part of that in the past. And, and just to help people and to get alongside people is wonderful. But that's good. And uh, Liz's word uh, this morning. Uh, I want to follow on from that a bit before I start on my talk, really, because God spoke to me a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, um, you're not going to believe this, but I wasn't in a great place. Um, I was struggling over various things going on, and uh, I don't know, I couldn't see the wood for the trees and couldn't, couldn't really find God. That's a massive confession to make, isn't it? From a guy who's a minister, I couldn't struggle to catch hold of, of where God was and stuff. And this went on for a few days, and, and it, it got to me because it's unusual. You know, you normally reach out and it's God. And this old song came to me. I believe it's God put it on my heart. And it's the old song, put your hand in the hand. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> of the man who stilled the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man who can't see. And suddenly, I just, as I was sitting down, I just put my hand there. And I felt God immediately there. I said, that's all you need to do. See, sometimes we get into situations where, where we don't know where to go, as, as Liz was saying. You know, it looks too big. It looks too difficult. And I believe God wants to say, you know, sometimes we can't figure it out. You know, we all like to figure things out, don't we? We like to come up with solutions and all kinds of stuff. And God says, sometimes you just can't do that. And here you go, my hand's there for you. Just put, just put your hand in mine because I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you. And really, I'm, I'm just reiterating that what Liz said earlier. You know, look to Jesus. Put your hand. He's there. He's there. Just put your hand there. And then to feel the hand of God in yours. And he's going, it's okay. Come on. We can walk through this together. So if anyone's feeling like that, responds to that, can I, can I say, why don't you just respond to that? You can just put your hand out and go, God, just need your hand this morning. Can't figure it out. Can't think it out. Can't, can't even biblically work it out. But here's my hand. And God wants to catch hold of that and lead you to wherever you need to go. Okay, so the one another's we're looking at now in our new series. Um, I hope you enjoyed our look through the book of James, our study through the book of James. And uh, you kind of caught hold that being belonging to Jesus is very practical, that we need to understand what the word of God is saying to us and then we need to put it into practice. We need to be those that hear the word and uh, do the word as well. And James is very clear, when he's, and he's very blunt as well, isn't he? And he says, like, faith and actions must go hand in hand, one the, the other. 
is, is not powerful. It, it's weak and it's, it's pointless. It's hopeless and powerless unless we do the two together. And I hope you've kind of caught hold of that, you know, and gone, yeah, come on, let's, let's go for it as a church. Let's go for it. And today uh, we move from our series on James and we begin the new series of one another's that are mentioned in the Bible. One another statements from the New Testament. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of Greek now because I know you obviously all listened to my multilingual talks before. So, in the, the, one another in English is two words, okay? But one another in Greek is just one word, and I'm going to pronounce it to you correctly. Even if you think it's wrong, this is the correct way to do it, okay? Here we go. When I did this to Mikey the other day, he just laughed, okay? But he's like that. Um, it's alelon. So if anyone tells you that's wrong, they're wrong, okay? So you can, you can quote that to people. You know, when you research facts and figures from biblical texts, there are often uh, quite differing results that come up. In one place uh, that I was reading... The author said that there were 59 one another statements in the New Testament. 59 one another statements. Another suggested that one another is used 100 times in 94 verses. Uh, Now, whichever is right, one another is used a considerable amount of times in the New Testament. And therefore, it's important. What we do to one another, how we are towards one another, is incredibly important. It's important for us today. So that our church culture, who we are inside, and what people see from the outside matches up to the biblical teaching of the way we're supposed to be with one another. See, we have to make a decision in our church life, in our personal life, what we want to look like. What do we want to look like? What do we want to be like? See, if we could really grasp hold of this one another culture, it would make a huge difference, I believe, to our church and a huge difference to those who are looking in. You see, if we could live church authentically the way Jesus wanted us to, that would be very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. I came across this quote emphasizing just how important one another should be. It says this, one anothering each other must be intentional. It must become an integral part of our church culture. If we really want to become the church, God has called us to be. That's quite a powerful statement, isn't it? And the quote went on to say this, we can easily become intentional about getting people plugged into church programs, delivering curriculums, people stationed in all the right places. But are we intentional about one anothering, what we do to each other? Okay, let me throw a few more numbers at you. Out of the 100 one another's, which I went for in the end, 47 of those are given specifically to the church. Now, 33%, are you with me on this? I hope you've got your maths head on of you. 33% of that 100 of the commands deal with unity within the church. 15% 
instruct us to prefer one another or be humble towards one another. And 33% instructs us Christians to love one another. Seems like that, that's probably not something we necessarily do automatically. Seems like, hey, we need encouraging on that. And then the remaining 19% give various instructions about the different ways we should be one anothering. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the various one another's that are in the New Testament. But this morning, I'm going to specifically be looking at the love one another. And we're going to start in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God, does not, sorry, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. First of all, let me say this. Loving one another is a sign that we belong to God. Isn't that amazing? It's a sign that we belong to God. John is very clear about that. If we don't love, then maybe we're not truly God's. Why? Well, because God is love. God is love. And the definition of love that we seem to measure everything against is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul speaks about real love, true love. And the love Paul talks about in that chapter is not the love that you fall in and out of. You don't fall in and out of love. It's not a natural human love. It's not fickle and flimsy and self-seeking. 1 Corinthians 13 love is a love that Jesus showed us on the cross. It's a love that he came and demonstrated. It's a love that never gives up. It's a love that always thinks the best. Let me ask this question. How, are love, how is our love for each other coming along? How do we feel about each other? Do we intentionally go to love each other and think the best of each other? You see, love is a sign that we belong to God. It's a sign that we love God because our God is a God of love. Also, our love is inclusive. God's love is inclusive. And if we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 9 and 10. Now about your love. This is Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. Now about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, 
to do so more and more. I want to suggest that this love that we're talking about, loving one another, uh, is an inclusive love. Paul commends the church in Thessalonica for their love for one another. They're doing a good job. They've been taught by God. Something's got into their hearts and they are practicing loving each other. But they're doing better than just being locally loving each other. He goes on to say, love all the church in Macedonia. I don't know how big that was, but they're loving more and more people. That's impressive. It's impressive, but it's not enough. So Paul goes on to encourage them, love more and more. Love more and more. So they love one another. They love the church in Macedonia. But Pauline says to them, there is more loving to be done. You don't just finish with loving people who are close in proximity to you. Well, why is there more loving to be done? Because our love for others should always be inclusive, should always be looking to gather more people in, more people in. You see, God, in this very simple and well-known statement, God so loved the world. God so loved the world. We're called to love in the same way. We need to adopt a culture of loving one another, but we must always look to be inclusive in our love. There's very little worse than a small group of people who really love each other to the exclusion of other people around them. It's just not good. And making those who are not part of the group feel somehow uncomfortable in their presence. We need to make sure that the love we have for one another is, exclu- is inclusive, not exclusive. See, if the world look into us, look, look at us, and they say, well, they, they love each other, just, no, no, we're supposed to be inclusive in this. We're supposed to love each other. And the world looks and goes, we would like some of that kind of love. We want to be part of that love and experience. Okay, so number three, love must be real. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. This love must be real. At the beginning of the talk, I mentioned the need for this love for one another to be a cultural change, to be something that happens kind of deep inside. It's not just a love that happens when we gather together for special occasions or a kind of cloak we put on and go, okay, we're going to church, we better love one another. That's not the kind of loving one another, the kind of love that we're looking for. Loving one another needs to become a lifestyle within us, part of our culture, part of our DNA. And loving one another is not an option, it's a must. And then Peter states that actually loving each other must be sincere. You see, sometimes we think that loving each other is a show of love. Loving each other is not a show of love. It's something much deeper than that. 
because, you know, on a good day, I can show I love you all quite easily. Do you know what I mean? But on a bad day, I might not be able to do that. But something's got to go on much deeper inside of us. It's a reality of love we need to have deep inside. It's a love that people can feel. It's a love that radiates from us. Why? Because God's filled us with his love. And he says that love needs to come from the heart. This love must have some real depth in it from the very center of our being. It's not a shallow love, but it's a love from the heart that's deep and sincere. Do you know what? Can't you always tell when someone's being sincere with you? Yeah? You know, some people can say certain things and and you go, "Mm, yeah, okay. But you know when someone is being sincere. You know when their heart. When there's a connection, isn't there, between you, where heart touches heart. And as we love one another, that's the kind of connection that we need to have. Also, I want to suggest this, that love bears fruit. Love bears fruit. John chapter 15, verses 16 and 17. Jesus says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Let me say this, we're meant to be fruit-bearing people. I trust you know that. We're meant to make a difference, to leave something that does good to those around us as we travel through this life. Our lives aren't going on so we can just measure time and work our way through this passage that we're here on earth. It's a period of time when Jesus wants us to make a difference. Do you, I hope you understand, everybody understands that. Give me a wave just to make sure you're still awake. Good on you. Fantastic. You see, we're supposed to make a difference to people that we're with. We're supposed to make a difference to this earth and this world. And Jesus promises, promises to be with us in this and to help us in this and to answer our prayers regarding our fruit bearing. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you, Jesus says. Well, isn't that an amazing promise? You want some of that? Isn't it funny that straight after that, Jesus says, now I command you this, love one another. Is there something of a correlation between the way we love and the way our prayers become answered and the way that we're fruitful? See, our, our love produces fruit. Our love produces fruit. Jesus says, here's my command, love one another. See, loving one another touches, affects, and changes our lives in every area of our life. It doesn't just change one area, it changes everything. You see, Jesus' disciples bore fruit that lasted, didn't they? Hey, we're 2,000 years on. 
somehow those guys, those 12 guys spread out, proclaimed the love of Jesus, and here we are over 2,000 years later, still looking at the fruit that they bore through Jesus and with the help of Jesus. See, we're supposed to bear fruit, fruit that lasts. Okay, so fifthly, this love that we're supposed to have, first and foremost, comes from the Father. John chapter 15, uh, verses 9 to 12. Again, Jesus says this. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now you remain in my love if you keep my commands. You will remain in my love just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that your, sorry, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So where does all this love stuff come from? Well, Jesus is absolutely clear. Love originates and comes from the Father, the Father. Remember we said earlier that God is love. The Father is love. Father God doesn't just show love or practice love. He is the very essence of love. Without the Father, there would be no love in the world. Love is in the world because God, who is love, created the world. Otherwise, there would be no love in the world. And Jesus says this, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So this love comes from the Father to the Son. But I want you to notice it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Isn't it great? God loves Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus goes on to say, my command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Why should we love one another? Well, because Jesus loves us. We didn't deserve love. We weren't lovely people. But Jesus reached out and loved us unconditionally. That's the way we have to love. One of the things I believe that we're not very good at doing sometimes is receiving the love of God. You see, we need to know, really, try and understand a bit more how much God loves us. Someone used to say, you know, you can't give mumps to someone if you've got measles. Which is quite true, isn't it? You've got measles, you'll give measles. You've got mumps, you'll give mumps. And unless we have the love of God and understand and receive that love of God, How on earth can we give it out? We can't give what we haven't got. So understanding that love that Jesus has for us, just as the the Father loved Jesus and Jesus loves us and we have to love each other, you see, there's there's that, it's coming down, there's a waterfall, there's a cascade of God's love that needs to come and be poured out. There's a waterfall of God's love starts with God the Father, comes to Jesus, comes to us, and flows out from us. We have to be connected 
into that so that the love we have, the love for one another, can be powerful. Okay, number six. I've only got 20 points. <laughs> Loving one another is also a command. It's a command. And it's also our witness to the world. Now, is anyone here, you're going to have to wait for this because you're not allowed to speak. Is anyone, anyone here watch Dad's Army? You want to give me a little wave if you watch Dad's Army? There's quite a lot of people. Sorry if you're too young to watch Dad's Army. <clears throat> There's a couple of characters in there uh, that I, I, I really like. You know, there's Sergeant Wilson. Now, if Sergeant Wilson were writing the Bible, he'd say this. Excuse me, chaps. I wonder if you would mind awfully, you know, how he does it in the prison. Would you mind awfully just possibly just getting into a line, straight as you can, there's some good fellows, and maybe just, yeah, just doing attention, you know. And, and he's so wishy-washy, isn't he? He's so weak. And then you get Captain Mannering, who's kind of completely opposite. Okay, platoon. Stand up straight. There they are. Well, night exercise tonight, seven o'clock. Jones, make sure they're all ready to go. Now, please don't hear me saying that I'm suggesting God is like Captain Mannering, because I'm not. But there's something about what Jesus says that is incredibly loving, but incredibly, this is a command, guys. This is not, if, if you don't mind awfully, would, would, you, would you mind loving each other? I don't read that. Did you read that? Chaps, you know, especially you over this side, if if you could think more about loving one another, that would be awfully good. No, Jesus says, hey, come on, his command. You've got to love each other. You've got to love each other. See, loving one another is the only way that the church can be like the church is supposed to be. It can only be the way that God wants it to be if we love each other. See, King's Church, I slot here, see, let's narrow it down a bit. King's Church will never work properly unless we learn how to love each other. Learn how to love each other. Don't forget, not exclusively, inclusively. So people come and they can feel this love. They come in and share in this love. Wow, what a difference that would make. You see, because love is the essence of God the Father, and God the Father is the essence of love, and love is his nature, it's his DNA, love is who God is. And we're his children, we're his ambassadors, we're his disciples. Love must also be in our DNA. See, because when you're born again, you become new, don't you? You see the DNA changes when we become born again? Something needs to change, something has to shift. And we need to catch hold and go, we have a DNA of love inside us we didn't know before. And we need to work on that and go, God, help me understand what that means. Help me understand how I need to respond 
to people around me. Help me understand how to love people properly. Help me understand what to do. See, loving one another is a witness to the world. By this, Jesus says, everyone, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So often over the years, people have looked in the church and they said this. I've heard people say it and they've said it to me. If that's the way the church, people in church, treat one another, I don't want anything to do with the church. You ever had that accusation thrown at you? I've had people come and say, yeah, they look all right on Sundays, but I know what they do in the week. See, that's not authentic Christianity. That's not authentic loving each other and walking with Jesus. See, the church through the ages has been full of arguments, splits, been full of pointless religion and meaningless traditions that have turned people off and away from God. Why? Because we're not doing what Jesus tells you. Love one another. That's that's the main thing. Love one another. Now, obviously, please don't hear me say that supersedes knowing God properly, knowing the word of God. It doesn't. It all comes together. But it's a major part. Why? Because Jesus told us to do it. And Jesus said, these will be the results if you do this. These will be the results. So loving one another is both a command and a witness to the world. So, in conclusion, the book of James challenged us not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Be those people who take hold of the word of God and put it into action. As we go through this series on one another, let's not just hear what's been said, but let's put what we hear into practice. Why don't you grab hold of how much God loves you so that actually what you have is God's love to give? Why don't you just say, God, I just want to receive more of your love so I have love to give out that flows out an authentic love so this love one another is a sign that we are children of God that we're born again and we're part of his family you born again part of his family give us a wave great good place to be isn't it born again and part of God's family. Comes with various things that we need to do, though. This loving one another is an inclusive love, not an exclusive love. It's open and it's very welcoming to those around. This love must be real and sincere, right from our hearts. This love... Loving one another is fruit-bearing. It's not just to make us feel good. It's so that we bear fruit. Why? We're only here for a period of time. Because I want you to bear fruit. I want you to bear fruit. This loving one another comes from the Father, begins with the Father, who is the very essence of love itself, who is love. And this loving one another is a command from Jesus. And it's also a witness to the world. Let's finish with Jesus' words. So, a new command I give you. 
a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's pray. Well, just take a minute, maybe just to ask God to show you some more of his love and to receive that love he has for you. You see, God's not short of love for you because he is love. Why don't you reach out to him right now? Father God, we want to thank you for your amazing love towards us. Father, we thank you that you so loved us, you so loved the world that you sent Jesus. Father, we thank you that daily we are recipients of your love. We live in the good of your love. And now, Father, I want to pray that you would ask each one of us to receive that love that you have for us, so that that love just flows out of us. Lord, I pray that we'd be conduits of your love. I pray that we would be in that waterfall of your love if we could only understand just how much you love us. Lord, help us to take that in so that we can just fly to those around us. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We ask that you'd be with us in this coming week. Help us to practice loving each other right from the depths of our being. Lord God, we want to say thank you for loving us. Lord, we love you as much as we know how. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for your love. So be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name.